Okay, well, if you'll please take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of Habakkuk. We're in chapter 3 this morning. Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 16 through 19. Today's the last day in our message series on the book of Habakkuk. You know, we've called this series The Journey from Doubt to Faith. And so today's message marks the end of the journey for Habakkuk uh, as we look at this closing passage from the book that bears his name. And uh, throughout the series, we've been tr- as we've been tracing Habakkuk's own personal journey from a-, a place of questioning and doubt and confusion at the beginning of the book, and-, and then as we come to the end of the book, a place of faith and hope and confidence. You know, we said in our introduction to this series that the book of Habakkuk begins with a question mark, but it ends with an exclamation point. And as we close out the book today, I think you'll agree that is a very apt description for the book of Habakkuk. In this closing passage, Habakkuk makes really one of the strongest statements of faith that you'll find in all of Scripture. And this statement makes a fitting climax to the whole book. In many ways, I believe uh, Habakkuk and God and we, we've saved the best for last. Uh, This is an amazing passage of Scripture. So in Habakkuk 3, verses 16 through 19, please stand with me for the reading of God's word. Habakkuk writes, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. For the director of music on my stringed instruments. This is the word of God. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, as we uh, look at this closing passage in the book of Habakkuk, and uh, as we uh, uh, look at the end of the journey for Habakkuk, Lord, I pray that you would help us as uh, we close out our journey in this book as well. And Lord, we especially ask that you would strengthen and increase our faith, even as you did for Habakkuk. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. You know, when we started this series five, six weeks back, we began by looking at the prophetic books in general in Scripture. And we asked this question, why is it so important for us to read and study uh, the, the the books of the prophets, the prophetical books in Scripture? And one of the reasons we gave was this. We said that the prophetic books deal with the weighty issues of life. And that without the prophets, our faith can grow shallow and weak, unable to stand up to the rigors and challenges of life. And we've seen that is certainly true in the book of Habakkuk, right? The Habakkuk, uh, the book of Habakkuk, it's all about faith in God. You know, in fact, we we saw that the key verse in the whole book uh, is Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 4, the righteous will live by faith. You know, we live in a time where the best-selling Christian books Uh, seem to be the ones that tell you how to prosper, how to succeed, how to live the good life, how to live the best life. 
And you know what? It's, it's easy to put your faith in God when you are prospering. It's easy to put your faith in God when life is going well and everything according to your plans. But the book of Habakkuk challenges you to put your faith in God even during the worst times. And when Habakkuk reached the end of his journey, he had moved from this place of doubting God. That's where we started, right? He'd moved now to a place of trusting God no matter what. And that no matter what, that was a very serious issue for Habakkuk. It was far more serious than most of the issues that you and I deal with today. God had revealed to Habakkuk that his country was going to be invaded, pillaged, and ransacked. That Habakkuk and his people would lose everything that they had built up over the years. Everything that they had worked for. It's all going to be gone. And that is a very different matter, isn't it, than trusting God even though you got a traffic ticket, okay? Or trusting God even though you had a bad day at work or at school, right? The book of Habakkuk challenges you to learn to trust God no matter what. Let's put the question in the same terms that Habakkuk faced in his day. If the United States were invaded and conquered by a foreign power in your lifetime, how would that affect your faith in God? Is your faith strong enough to stand up to that kind of a trial? Could you still rejoice in the Lord if you lost everything? Your job, your home, your family. Is your faith strong enough to trust God no matter what? You see, that is the place to which the book of Habakkuk brings us now here at the end of chapter 3. How do you exercise faith in God during the worst of times? And in these closing verses, Habakkuk shares with us three things. Three things that he did even when he was facing the worst calamity of his lifetime. There's an outline in your worship guide. If you'd like to take that out and follow along or jot down some notes, you'll see the three things that Habakkuk did. We want to look at these closing verses together now and see what what can we learn uh, for the strengthening of our own faith. Well, the first thing you can do is wait patiently for God even when you are afraid. Wait patiently for God even when you're afraid. Look at verse 16 with me. Habakkuk writes this. He says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. God had told Habakkuk about the coming invasion by the Babylonians. God had described the arrogance, the the violence, the cruelty of these invaders in chilling detail. God had also told Habakkuk about uh, the great and awesome judgments that he would bring upon Babylon and indeed upon all the nations of the earth that refused to submit to God. Habakkuk may even have seen all of this in a vision. It may have come to him in a vision. You know what? Habakkuk is terrified. He's terrified at what will soon take place. He's afraid. His heart pounds in his chest. His lips quiver. He feels physically weak, hardly able to stand. 
This is fear factor multiplied by 110, okay? Habakkuk wasn't just dealing with the possibility of attack on his country, but with the certainty of attack. And so he was deathly afraid, and his, his fear affected him on a deep and even physical level. How do you deal with extreme fear? What do you do when fear grips you in such a way that your heart is pounding and and your legs give way? What do you do? Do you try positive thinking? Deep breathing exercises? You just try and push it out of your mind? How do you exercise faith in God during the worst of times? Habakkuk says, first of all, wait patiently for God even when you are afraid. Look at the second half of verse 16. He says, Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. God told Habakkuk, Hey, the Babylonians are going to invade. So There's no stopping that, right? It's going to happen. But God also assured Habakkuk that he would judge the Babylonians for their sins and ultimately he would deliver his people. And so in the midst of all of his fears, Habakkuk chooses to wait patiently for God. Now the word that is uh, translated wait patiently in here, the Hebrew word that's uh, translated that way, it's a word that means to rest. It means to settle down and to remain. It's the same word we find in the Ten Commandments where God tells us to rest on the Sabbath day. It's the same word we find in the Old Testament about the promised land, where God promised to give the Israelites rest from their enemies in the land. And so here Habakkuk determines to wait patiently during this time of trial, basically to rest himself in the Lord. That's what he's saying. God promises. God promises to give you his peace When you give him your worries and fears, it's the best trade you'll ever find out there, folks, okay? You give God your worries, your fears, he gives you his peace. Philippians 4, verses 6 and 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything. Do not be anxious. Do not be afraid. But in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. How do you exercise faith in God during the worst of times? First of all, wait patiently for the Lord even when you're afraid. Rest yourself in God. And then a second thing you can do is choose to rejoice in God even when everything in life goes wrong. Rejoice in God, even when everything in life around you goes wrong. And here we come to verses 17 and 18. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails, and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen, and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. And this, of course, is our memory verse this week, one of the verses from Habakkuk we've been working on. Uh, is such a beautiful passage to memorize, to, 
to meditate upon. I pray that God has already been using this verse in your life this past week to strengthen your faith in Him. And these verses here, verses 17 and 18, represent really one of the strongest expressions of faith you will find in the whole Bible. As Habakkuk determines to rejoice in God even when everything else in life is going wrong around him. And Habakkuk does this by painting three scenarios for us here. Three scenarios. And each scenario contains a matching pair of images. Let's take a look at scenario number one. First scenario is this. Though the fig tree does not bud, and there are no grapes on the vines. The blossoms on the fig tree and the grapes forming on the vine, these refer to those things that you are trusting for the future. In other words, they represent your future hopes, right? You look out at the vine, it's just a blossom, it's just a flower. And yet when you see it, it's a tangible sign, isn't it, that the figs and the grapes are coming. But in this scenario, there are no signs for the future because the fig tree does not bud. There are no grapes on the vine. There is no visible sign that these things will ever come to be. How about you? Do you have hopes and dreams for the future but no visible signs that they will ever come to fruition? Do you ever feel like saying, God, please just give me a sign. Give me something here, okay? Some type of hope that things are going to change. Something to hold on to. If you've ever felt that way, if you're feeling that way right now, then you know how Habakkuk felt. And Habakkuk would tell you, when you've got nothing to hold on to for the future, hold on to God. And that is enough. Habakkuk says, though I have no visible sign of hope for the future, nothing tangible that I can see or touch or grasp, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God my Savior. Habakkuk says, trust God no matter what. That's the first scenario, trusting in things for the future. The second scenario is this, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food. And the olive crop and the fields, these refer to those things you are trusting in the present. They represent your present means. But in this scenario, what you're trusting lets you down, right? The olive crop, that fails. The fields, no food. They disappoint you. In fact, the word that is translated fails in this verse is a word that actually means to deceive or disappoint, to fail in that way. And the idea is this, you've planted the field, you've cultivated it, you've weeded it, you've worked the land, you've tended the crops, and now it's finally time for harvest, and the crops fail. The fields produce no food. And you look at it and you say, it was all a lie. It was all a deception. All this work, all this effort, and it all comes to nothing. To put it in contemporary terms, you get laid off after years of faithful service to the company. Or you lose your job and have no current source of income. You invest all your money in what looks like a killer portfolio 
and then the market goes bust. Or you put years into a relationship with another person and now that relationship is falling apart. What do you do when all that you are counting on in the present suddenly comes crumbling down all around you? What do you do when you suffer bitter disappointments in life? Habakkuk says, trust God no matter what. Though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. And then the third scenario is this. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls. The sheep and the cattle refer to those things you are trusting from the past. They represent your reserves. We all want to have some reserves, right? But in this scenario, you have no reserves to fall back on because there are no sheep in the pen. There are no cattle in the stalls. Or to put it in today's terms, there's no money in the bank, right? There's no more equity in the house. Your friends and family, they've helped you all they can. Your credit cards, they're maxed out to the limit. Your physical strength is tapped. Your reserves are all used up. So what do you do when you have nothing to fall back on? Habakkuk would tell you, fall back on the Lord, and he will hold you up. Though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. See, it's easy to trust God when the fig tree's budding, the grapes are forming on the vine. It's easy to trust God and, and the, the, uh, the crop succeeds, the fields are producing food. It's easy to trust God when you've got plenty of sheep and cattle in reserve. But are you really trusting in God at those times or are you merely trusting in the things that you have? Think about Job in the Old Testament for a moment. Because this was exactly the question that Satan asked God about Job. He said, God, does Job trust you because he trusts you or does he trust you because you're blessing him? Job passed the test when God removed the blessing. And Job continued to trust God no matter what. And Habakkuk challenges you and me with the same question. Do you really trust God? Or do you only trust Him when you know His blessing on your life? Here's another way of phrasing the question. Which would make you feel more financially secure? Number one, having a million dollars in the bank, okay? Which would make you feel more secure, having a million dollars in the bank, or number two, having a God who promises to meet your daily needs, okay? So door number one, million dollars in the bank. Door number two, a God who promises to meet your daily needs. Which are you going to choose? 
And be, be brutally honest with yourself here, okay? Because if the answer is the million dollars in the bank, guess what? You're not really trusting God, are you? You're trusting the money in the bank. And you know what? Those million dollars could be gone tomorrow anyways. There's no guarantee. But if your answer is having a God who promises to meet your daily needs, then you know what? No matter what your situation, you can feel secure because you are secure. You are more secure than the person who has the million dollars in the bank. Why? Because God's going to meet your needs every day. They don't have that guarantee. That's really good. That is trusting God no matter what. And so Habakkuk determined to rejoice in God despite visible circumstances, even if he did not see any visible signs of God's presence or favor. F.F. Bruce writes this. He says, It is right and proper to voice appreciation of God's goodness when he bestows all that is necessary for life, health, and prosperity. But when these things are lacking, to rejoice in God for his own sake is evidence of pure faith. So that's what Habakkuk says. He says, though you have no visible hope for the future and and what you are trusting in for the present has let you down and you have no reserves left from the past to fall back on, still rejoice in the Lord. Be joyful in God. Why? Because he is God, your Savior. He will deliver you in his time. He has never let the righteous fall. We find a similar instruction in the New Testament. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, which tells us, be joyful always, right? Rejoice in the Lord. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How do you exercise faith during the worst of times? Number two, choose to rejoice in God even when everything in life goes wrong. And then the third thing you can do is find strength in God. Find strength in God to scale the heights even when you are down. Look at verse 19 with me. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. Habakkuk had learned to find his strength in God, not in his own resources, not in his own abilities. Habakkuk was about to go through some hard times. The thought of it scared him so much that his heart pounded, his legs trembled. Yet as he rejoiced in God in the midst of difficult circumstances, what happened? He found new strength from God to deal with the trial at hand. And what is this strength like that God gives you? How does Habakkuk describe it? He said, God makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on the heights. And Habakkuk paints the picture of a female deer just running along the heights of the mountains. Steady, sure-footed, uninhibited, and unafraid. Full of freedom and confidence as she scales the heights. Do you long to enter the higher places of fellowship with God? Then find your strength in Him alone. Trust God to lift you up when you are down. Now, there's an old devotional book that's based on this final verse in Habakkuk, uh, written by a woman. Her name was Hannah 
Hernard, Hannah Hernard, and the book's called Hind's Feet on High Places. And that word hind, it's an old English word for a female deer. And so it refers to uh, this deer, right? The feet of the deer on the heights. Hind's feet on high places. It's written as an allegory. You might be familiar with Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan, an allegory where, you know, each person's name is, is named after characteristic. Well, the book tells the story of a girl named Much Afraid. Much Afraid. And it tells us about her own journey from doubt to faith. Her story begins as she leaves the valley of fear. It is all she has ever known. But in faith, she embarks on a new journey. Her path is marked by much sorrow and suffering along the way. But through it all, she learns to depend on God and to find her strength in God alone. And as she learns to trust God No matter what, he leads her to the higher places of fellowship with him that she has always longed for. How do you exercise faith during the worst of times? Number one, wait patiently for the Lord, even when you're afraid. Number two, choose to rejoice in God even when everything in life goes wrong. Number three, find strength in God to scale the heights even when you're down. And so we've reached the end of our journey together through the book of Habakkuk. Habakkuk's journey mirrors our own journey through life. We saw that Habakkuk began his journey with a lot of questions, right? Does God care? Is God fair? Is God there? But instead of running away from God with his questions, Habakkuk kept bringing his questions to God and finding the answers that he needed. Habakkuk began his journey in the valley of doubt, and he ends his journey scaling the heights with God with feet like a deer. It is a beautiful journey, and it is one that is open to everyone who will come honestly to God with their questions and seek Him with all their heart. God promises in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. And so wherever you may be in your own personal journey, from doubt to faith, let me encourage you, keep seeking God. Keep coming to Him with your doubts and with your questions. Come to God through Jesus' Son, because that's the only way you can come to God, right? Come to God through Jesus, knowing that God loves you so much that He sent His Son to die for your sins. And my prayer for each one of you this morning is that God will also lead you to that place where you will learn to trust Him no matter what. And where you may run along the heights in God's presence with feet like a deer. May God help us to learn the beautiful lessons that he has recorded for us in the book of Habakkuk. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. Well, dear Lord, we give you the glory and the honor and the praise. Uh, for your beautiful promises, for this beautiful book. Lord, we can all relate to Habakkuk. We've all been there at the beginning of the journey, and we're all at different places.
along the way in our journey. Some of us are, are there already. We've learned to trust you no matter what, and we just rejoice in you, and we know that you've got this. And Lord, there's such peace and assurance there, and, and we are welcomed into that deep fellowship with you that is so beautiful. We would trade nothing for that. And Lord, some of us, we're not there yet. We're working our way there, and we're going to get there with your, by your grace and your help. Help us, Lord, uh, to bring our questions to you, to know that, yes, God, you care. Yes, you are there. Yes, you are fair. You are God. You are loving. You are just. You are present. You love us. You care for us. And we can trust you. Thank you for this book of Habakkuk, Lord. Teach us these things deep in our hearts, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.